Hello, I am Marwat. That is omtown.com, and that's what powers the Omtown Daily News Show. And that's what today is another episode of the Omtown Daily News Show. I'm looking at a bunch of screens here and trying to get all of my ducks in a row. I think I got them all. And let's get into today's news. Got a bunch of articles. They don't really run. Uh, as broad as I was hoping because there was enough news that I thought was interesting. Um, man, they're just, <laughs> I, I think there's something about Tuesday, Wednesday where news just comes in a big wave and my show is only an hour long. And so I'm picking and choosing what I think might be interesting. If you have an idea for an article or something, if you find it on hometown.com, let me know. Um, you can actually send it into Showbot. If you hit exclamation point Showbot, it'll actually send you to, well, it'll give you a link URL, um, hometown.showbot.tv. And there is a list of articles that I submit while I'm doing the stream, but even before the stream, if you're in my chat, you can do exclamation point S and then whatever message, and I'm typing one out right now and ta-da, now that's been added to the show bot and I'll see it. I'll delete whatever is in there that isn't relevant to the show um, and take into account whatever it is that you actually place there. And obviously if it's something offensive or Oh, I don't know, marketing messages, whatever. I'll have to ban you, uh, but let's not go there. Let's play nice and um, have a chat here every day, 6 p.m. Hometown. Hometown Daily News Show is where we are. What is Hometown? It's a news aggregator that I put together that helps me deal with information overload. Um, obviously, there are a bunch of uh, categories and channels underneath those about 50 um at any one time i've got 45 to 47 running um most of the time i i turn something off for a little bit to evaluate it and turn it back on if it is uh, still interesting but uh come back and, and chat with me about the news uh, every day at 6 p.m uh the very first article though is in stock marketeers americans uh personal savings have fallen off a cliff brace yourself for just how much they have fallen. Uh, there was a lot of talk earlier in the year that, wow, there sure is a lot of money in the system. And that's why everybody is asking for more money. And uh, that's why there is inflation because there's so much money that's been saved up. It says financial advisors offer their top tips for boosting savings as economic uncertainty increases. I got into a discussion today um, with a, a person who focuses on economics um, in their current career. Um, and uh, I, I basically uh, challenged the preconceived notion that, well, everything is fine, although it's not really fine even in their perception. But the way that the economy is working apparently is working as intended. 
Um, and my problem is that I think that more wealth needs to be distributed amongst the employees because they are the ones that are working hard to make their uh, employer money. And the disparity between <laughs> the C-suite and the employees in reference to the stockholders, not the stakeholders, there's a subtle but distinct difference. We are all stakeholders to some degree, but stockholders um, seem to get preference because that is the perceived value to the C-suite, not necessarily to customers. Customers may not give one bit of a care about the stock. They just want quality products or services. So you can see that we have basically a bunch of uh, people at odds because really who should you care more about as a business owner, your customers and your employees who power the engine of enterprise or the stockholders who throw in a bunch of money at once so that you can drive your business maybe into the ground, but still they give you a bunch of money. And then as a business owner, you do something with it. Like, I don't know, hire more people and provide more marketing money so that you can reach more customers. Yet you don't necessarily pay your employees a livable wage, but I guess they're suckers for actually taking the job, right? Is that it? I'm not quite sure. So just how much has, has, uh, Americans personal savings fallen off? Let's find out. Oh, I can't, you know, that really sucks. Um, I'm not sure what's going on, but I can't sign in. Um, I'll have to come back to this. You know, my little tirade just now, uh, didn't really end up doing much good, but let me see if I can actually, no, I can't do anything with this right now. I'll come back to this. I'll bring this back tomorrow. I'll actually earmark this so that I can come back to this tomorrow. Um, but I have to do things differently, um, to look at this. So we'll take a look at it later, but just so I can drive home the point earlier this year, people were talking about how much Americans were actually saving money. But now it's Americans' personal savings have fallen off a cliff. So why are they falling off a cliff? They never were falling off. They, they were never really saving. There are a lot of people that got a lot of money, but they weren't really saving. And I wouldn't say a lot of money. It's very subjective. And there are more people that were getting money and saving it because they already had money and they weren't spending so they just made more money and, and stored it. But most people during the pandemic were suffering. And then this article is by Quentin Fottrell over at Market Watch. But I'll come back to this. I'll come back to this. I promise. Um, at least tomorrow. Um, maybe I'll... No, I'll, I'll do it tomorrow at 6 o'clock. I'll bring that article back. But I'll let you go and take a look at it. Um, and I'll, I'll do a deeper dive into it tomorrow. Um, so the next article is over in the word in tech and it says here, goodbye to working in your PJ bottoms are full length holograms. The future of meetings. No, <laughs> not unless we want to really. Um, I'm just going to get right into the article. 
the um, this here says goodbye to working in your PJ bottoms or full length holograms. The future of meetings. It's over at the Guardian. Uh, I don't see an author for this. Um, that's always frustrating. I like to give credit where credit is due. Um, the latest tech innovation promises to display a mini 3D image of yourself on virtual calls, a breakthrough for human connection or a new level of awkwardness. I think something like this would be absolute, absolutely phenomenal for um, marketing clothing and maybe being able to give full length demonstrations. Um, but really, people are more interested in seeing well, I don't know if people are interested in seeing this, but, and because this is also a podcast, I guess I shouldn't do anything that's just a gesture. Um, people in meetings are more interested in seeing somebody's face and then probably some thing from the chest up, um, just as reference with a good bokeh in the back. Me, I throw my lights on. Um, makes me look like I'm powered by light, right? And it's all getting beamed into my head. I don't know. Um, I might do something different here in the near future. So stay tuned. Uh, check back. It says here, Proto M. Uh, they have this kind of weird delivery of this product. But anyway, what's new about this? Rob Bryden did a small man trapped in a box years ago. Yes. And Mike... TV shrunk himself to get inside the television in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory back in 1964, but this is real. Proto M is a new holoportation device that allows the users to see people in different locations as pint-sized, full-body, live-streamed holograms. This is how world leaders will meet, according to the CEO David Nussbaum. They asked the question, um, not with lasers. They said, come on, you can do better than that. I'm not sure I can, but Nussbaum says they could, uh, or they just use the word hologram to help people grasp the concept. It's more like a 3D digital likeness. You're being projected as a 2D image, but the way your shadow and reflection are being captured inside a 3D space through a 4K camera creates the volumetric effect that convinces your brain that you're looking at a hyper-realistic 3D twin. One valiant attempt to explain it. So that's interesting. Um, it's actually a 2D image, but it gives kind of like a box effect. Um, let's see, there's much more emotional connection, according to Nussbaum, who told this to the BBC. The business model is available to order for about $5,000. Cheapskates can wait till next year's consumer version for only $2,000 or, I don't know, not purchase it. Um, it's not just for meetings. Proto suggests using it to feel closer to friends and family, consult doctors, try on clothes. That's probably where it's going to be a highlight and do more immersive exercise classes. No, <laughs> uh, not even doctors. I don't think doctors really care about that kind of thing. Um, we all kind of persist off of, and I'm not a doctor. Don't, don't take it that way. The implication isn't that I'm a doctor because I said we, um, anyway, we don't consult with doctors in a 3D box. We use our voice and our face and describe what's going on. 
and even then a webcam would do just fine if i back up i can sit there and you know touch my toes or whatever they want to do anyway uh bbc says well that changes everything surely the elephant in the box is uh you know sex related and said unclear but nussbaum told the bbc that like if zoom and being there in person had a baby which is vaguely raunchy according to this article i don't know i don't think that it's gonna really go far for four for five thousand dollars maybe some really rich people out there you know all of the people that are making tons of money during the pandemic like all of us are let's move on to the next article uh, nvidia rtx 4090 power draw may be too much for its power connector to handle um, i keep seeing this in various locations about the power connector kind of just getting smoked nvidia's 1600 geforce rtx 4090 is an incredibly powerful graphics card but its performance comes at the cost of high power draw like a few of the rtx 3000 series cards nvidia has a new kind of 16 pin 12 vpa or vhp uh, wr so uh, power connector has uh, an expanded number of pins um, there's some argument discussion about what all of the pins were and what the all of the pins power and what it actually activates uh, but you can plug in up to four eight pin gpu power cables into the 16 pin connector which then plugs into the connector on the gpu saving some board space but at least two 4090 users are now reporting that their uh, 16 pin connector has overheated and melted during use and the complaints were sourced via reddit via tom's hardware so take it with a grain of salt according to the article they don't know what the exact configuration of either pcs are and the specific graphics cards are a gigabyte rtx 4090 gaming oc for one hopefully it wasn't overclocked at the time because uh, then somebody will have an excuse well you overclocked a little too much you went plaid uh, and then asus rtx asus rtx 4090 tough gaming oc edition so both of them are oc editions um, the power supply and any other number of factors could have contributed to the connectors overheating so let's take a look at this. Um, this is over at RS Technica. Andrew Cunningham uh, did this article. It says, new GPUs, monstrous performance is matched by monstrous power draw and apparently setting itself ablaze. Um, for its part, NVIDIA told Tom's Hardware that it is investigating the reports and that the company is in contact with the first owner and plan to reach out to the other. And they've followed up with NVIDIA and will update the article uh, if the company has more information to share. So yeah, there's there's been some discussion about the power draw. Um, I don't know. Uh, I think that this really goes to the fact that uh, the way that it is built may be, I don't know, not necessarily the most efficient um, production means. Um, I'd have to look more at it and uh, see really where we're at i'm not sure what 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 does the nvidia fab process um rtx 4090 right 4090s um let's see 
Um, it's built on a four nanometer process. So this thing is actually pretty tightly packed. I don't think you can get much tighter than that. But it's sucking down so much power that maybe it's just a little bit too much resistance uh, at that cable. And um, maybe, just maybe, you need higher end cables um, and everything would be fine. But they're going to investigate and something's going to come out on the other end of this. But let's keep on going through the news. I think I'm going to need to um, go through this pretty, pretty quick. Um, there's something that I need to observe and well, I can't do this and that I love hanging out. I love doing the news. I love, uh, you know, hometown and, and, uh, all of its citizens, but, um, yeah, I've got about seven more articles that we can go through maybe eight, uh, Demio mixed reality update arrives today amid launch of meta quest pro Resolution Games popular turn-based strategy game Demio, which I own, um, is getting an update today that lets you play the immersive VR tabletop game through pass view uh, pass through AR mode on Quest 2 as well as the newly launched Quest Pro. I do not have the Quest. Um, I've got a Pico 4 coming. Uh, as with all mixed reality games on Quest 2, the headset's pass-through capabilities only provide a monochrome view of your room, which really sucks, and decidedly fo focuses today's uh, Demio update on the launch of the MetaQuest Pro. At least you're looking for the most immersive mixed reality experience there is. As you'd imagine, the game plays in full color on the Quest Pro thanks to the headset's color pass-through cameras. Just really expensive versus the Pico. And now there's a Pico Enterprise um, that has facial and mouth recognition, like a camera is monitoring that, just like the Quest Pro, and it's less than $1,000. I think it's $899, um, which I wish I would have known before I ordered. It's kind of like my iPad. I was hoping for uh, an M2 iPad Pro to come out, and I bought an iPad Pro M1 two months ago, and yesterday the M2 drops. I knew it was coming. I didn't think it was going to be in October. Anyway, just like the Pico, I get the Pico 4. It's on order. They're telling me it's shipped. <sighs> we'll see if I get it. Scott Hayden is the author of this. If you've never played Demio, go and look on YouTube if you're not into VR all that much. Um, but if you are into VR, then you probably have already known about Demio for a while. Um, a lot of fun. When I first got it, it didn't have that much stuff. Um, and so you could play it and play it and play it, but it kind of got to be the same. Um, but I think they've added more stuff. And as for mixed reality, I care less really about mixed reality in this context um, because I'm focusing so much on the game itself. Um, I don't really care what's going on in the world around me. I definitely would be turning off reality um, and doing just the virtual reality form of it. Um, I hope that I can play it with the Pico because this is going to break my heart if I can't. 
Resolution Game says the new features let you snap the board game to any real-life table with automatically adjusting uh, adjusted lighting, and it's set to launch at 1 p.m. today, October 25th, and you'll have to figure out the local time. It says Eastern, so five hours ago. Uh, yeah, I'm on the East Coast. Technically, Omtown is uh, uh, at a, a crossroads of electrons and... The entire think of the quantum universe huge amounts of space in a tiny little package the studio says it has plans for more mixed reality features in the futures which includes adding hand tracking to demio which by the way may lead to another article a little bit down the line but let's get into the next article um, the word in tech, Apple devices now support Nintendo's classic game controllers. Uh, this is brilliant because if you have a Switch, then maybe it'll work. Um, Apple snuck in a nice little surprise in its round of Mac, iPad, iPhone, and Apple TV updates yesterday with the addition of uh, support for Nintendo's updated classic game controllers as spotted by developer Steve Trofton-Smith, I guess. Um, and confirmed by Mac Stories, Nintendo's modern SNES and N64 controllers now work with uh, updated Apple devices with macOS 13, iOS 16, tvOS 16, and up, and whether using a wired or Bluetooth connection. So I'm going to have to check to see if any others, because I don't have those others. Um, well, I don't have any of the classic ones, so I need to go and check this out and see. Um, I don't know. Um, this is over at The Verge by Emma Roth um, by way of Mac Stories and Trofton Smith. Um, while neither Mac Stories nor Trofton Smith were able to test whether the Sega Genesis and NES controllers uh, work with Apple's devices, the author is assuming Apple added the same functionality. Uh, the Verge reached out to Apple to confirm and they'll update the article. Ah, I see that they that updating the article is now in vogue instead of creating a new article, um, which has led to my aggregator actually grabbing the old articles as they get updated. Um, now, but now both now that both Steam and Apple have added support for the classic controllers, you don't necessarily need a Switch Online subscription if you want to play games with them. Also, uh, Apple added uh, Switch Pro and Joy-Con controller support to the iPad and iPhone in June, in addition to the PS5 DualSense and Xbox controllers last year. So no more proprietary one-off controller that only works with this one thing, which I think is great. Um, I don't know. But I'm not much of a console player, so I don't have controllers in general. Um, this next article is in the Word in Tech. The Victrola Stream Turntable seamlessly brings vinyl into your Sonos system, if you have a Sonos system. I do not, um, but I have heard the Sonos systems in various places, um, from family to clients. Um, quite fascinating how easy it is to deploy People love it, has great sound. I'm just going to jump straight over to the article. It's at The Verge. 
Um, Jennifer Pattison Tui is the author of this. The $800 Victrola Stream Carbon is the first turntable that transmits audio directly to a Sonos system with no additional hardware required. Think of it as AirPlay for Sonos. Um, developed in partnership with Sonos, the Stream is works with Sonos certified, all of which means it's super simple to set up. Just plug it into power, connect it to the same Wi-Fi network as your Sonos system, and play your vinyl through your Sonos speakers. No fussing with wires or amps or other paraphernalia. Ta-da! It's AirPlay for Sonos. Uh, I love this kind of stuff. I love frictionless deployments. Um, the Victrola, though, looks like it's kind of a small... Um, it's eight hundred dollars by the by the way victrola stream carbon it doesn't seem really heavy um so the stability of it and vibration i don't know if everybody feels this way about um record players but um it needs to be big and bulky so nothing can move it um and, and jiggle that needle at all it needs to stay in the track perfectly where it needs to be um, but maybe that's just me. The stream has a sleek minimalist display, uh, design with more than a hint of mid-century modern vibe. Thanks to its low profile and rounded corners, a solid MDF body is topped with a die cast aluminum platter, uh, accompanied by metal turntable components, a smooth aluminum front hosts the single digital control, a volume knob that actually uh, kind of assuages my fears of stability. Um, because a solid MDF body, pretty damn heavy. A die cast aluminum platter is pretty massive and adding to that uh, stability. It's all about weight and stabilizing the turntable. So um, the rest of it, you know, um, it, it, it's pretty simple. So, you know, maybe it is worth $800 if you're into vinyl um, and you don't want it to get vinyl damaged. Um, which is to say that vinyl does change over time when you play it, as you play it, because there's a little bit of friction from the needle. Um, in fact, the only reason to reach for the Victrola app is for troubleshooting, which apparently they had to do a few times when the tracks would skip occasionally. And it turns out that this had to do with a wireless audio delay setting. Since they switched the turntable to a high delay using an app or using the app, uh, the skipping mostly resolved itself, although it did occasionally resurface, which is a bummer, and it could probably be fixed in a software update. Let's move on to the next article. Uh, this next article is in the Hatch Ideas channel, but I don't really know why. Um, it really should be in the continuity report. Um, Guillermo del Toro's Cabinet of Curiosities resurfaces again and again in my news streams. Um, it's a new horror anthology series from the Oscar winning director. And here's how to watch it. Um, Cabinet of Curiosity is Netflix's original series. It premiered on October 25th. That's today. Um, the anthology shows created by filmmaker Guillermo del Toro and features eight tales of horror. So you'll have to subscribe to Netflix to get it. And uh, let's go over to uh, Business Insider. And I saw little snippets of this. Um, I'm really interested in watching it. Uh, I will probably watch it uh, tonight. Uh, Kania Rogers is the author of this. 
Um, Netflix, it says here that it starts at $10 and goes up to $20 a month for the best streaming quality. Um, there's a trailer over at Business Insider. Each episode of Cabinet of Curiosities features an entirely different cast with performers like Tim Blake Nelson, Kate McCucci, um, Martin Starr, F. Murray Abraham, Ben Barnes, Crispin Glover, Rupert Grant, etc. Um, yeah, I would say this is a, a perfect uh, October Halloween kind of uh, movie to water. It's not, it's an anthology, so you have to just anthology it. And um, the standard plan is 1549 month uh, a month for up to two screens. For best quality, they recommend the Netflix's premium plan at $20 a month. And with that plan, you can stream up to 4K on four screens. Uh, Netflix will offer a basic plan with ads for $7, but just get the $10 one so that you can watch at least standard definition without ads. And it's $3 difference. I hope that everybody can afford that. Um, but obviously Netflix feels that you're not able to, oh, by the way, I can't play this here on my channel because I've been dinged once before for playing a Netflix video and keeping it as a VOD. How about that? So I cut it out and I basically, the only reason why I pay you Netflix is because I want to watch some of these shows. And I think that your policy about playing something as incidental as an ad within somebody's page on the internet in a little tiny window sucks and you can bite me. The next article is in the Hatch Ideas channel and it belongs there. Uh, it is that uh, Apple's glass supplier Corning warns that smartphone sales were down 14%. I'm curious about this. Consumer electronics slowdown doesn't seem to be getting any better this year. I don't know if that's really it. Um, I think that um, demand is definitely there. I, that's what I see. But maybe they've got some, maybe they're, obviously they have more information than me, right? But why would they say this? Corning stock fell more than 4% on Tuesday after the company reported a weaker than expected outlook for the current quarter. Quote, we now expect smartphone sales to be down about 12% for the year, and we expect notebook and tablet demand to decline by 15%, uh, said Wendell Weeks, Corning CEO. Kiff Leswing is the uh, author of this over at CNBC. Uh, Alphabet apparently missed its target. Let me see what the stock market is looking at right now. Yeah, the stock market is down 41. Uh, it's done for the day. Um, this is actually futures that I'm uh, telling you. Uh, S&P futures are down 31. Uh, NASDAQ futures are down 206. All because probably Alphabet was down. Which is meaningless, folks. They missed their earnings. It says, as YouTube shrinks, who cares? YouTube shrinks and everybody loses their mind. I hope that there's more competition out there. Make a better product. Build better discovery in YouTube. Anyway, Corning stock fell over 4% on Tuesday morning after the company reported a weaker than expected outlook for the current quarter, blaming slow smartphone gl uh, glass sales. 
and they make a bunch of different components um, for a bunch of different companies. Corning said it expected a $3.55 billion in core or adjusted sales for the quarter. Short of a fact set analyst consensus of 3.75. Yeah, that's because it's irrational analysis. Maybe it's just me. Irrational exuberance is pretty much the hallmark of the stock market and those FOMOists out there. Fear of missing out is pretty much the main market driver for the stock market. Sci-fi adventure Hubris coming to PC VR headsets in December, Quest 2 and PSVR uh, 2 in 2023. In Hubris, you serve as a recruit of the Order of Objectivity on your way to a twin planet system to search for Agent Cyana, making your way uh, through a hostile world in the midst of an of it being terraformed. The game puts heavy focus on environmental storytelling as well as shooting, swimming, climbing, and jumping. All something that I would love in PC VR. Let's take a look at this thing over here. Um, on the RoadToVR.com website, Scott Hayden is the author. And um, there is a trailer here, but I'm going to send you over there so that you can watch it. Uh, Cyborn says Hubris also ser uh, includes resource salvaging, weapon and tool crafting, and a host of mechanical devices and vehicles. To see it in action, check out that trailer that's over there. Eh, it's over there. Gosh, I'll never get this right. Um, in the quantum universe of uh, Ometown, things are wonky. So my left is your right. My right is up. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Um the trailer was released at Gamescom 22 back in August. Quote, we were blown away by the response we saw at Gamescom. And it's really exciting to see, uh, to finally be able to lift the lid on the launch of Hubris in just over a month. Please, please, Pico, land on my doorstep. I want to play this soon, not later, soon. I will stream it if I get my Pico. Um, at Cyborn, we know how important it is to uh, make the most of the opportunities VR provides, and we think Hubris is going to serve as the next step in the genre, delivering an immersive experience that will push VR platforms uh, forward. I love the idea of a crafting base survival crafting uh, adventure game where you're actually doing the things. The only problem really is about this leg tracking. Um, you have to do the stuff with your controller and that kind of pulls you out of the immersive nature uh, but you can get trackers for your shoes uh, even for the pico interface um, so that you can pretend to walk the only problem is omnidirectional treadmills are thousands of dollars and big and clunky you can get um, little sliders and that little i can't remember what it's called right now but this little run in place kind of a contraption but it too is about five feet in diameter um anyway we will revisit that as soon as my pico comes in who knows maybe i can get one um here in hometown and we can test out that stand in place kind of slider um salad bowl looking thing that you get strapped to anybody know what i'm talking about let me know so the last article that I have for today, yep, I'm just ripping right on through today's articles and not much to soapbox on. Um, unfortunately, uh, I, I, I don't know. I really just can't 
uh, soapbox today. Uh, Aptics, the company known for its haptic gloves, today announced it's launching pre-orders of the Haptics Gloves G1, a cheaper and more refined haptic glove device that squarely targets businesses. The company says the new device includes a number of improvements over its Haptics Gloves DK2, which launched in early 2021 for the Enterprise. It's said to include improved ergonomics, multiple glove sizes, wireless mobility, and improved haptic functionality. Above all, though, the company has improved the device's price point, with pre-orders launching today for a low $4,500 to start with the uh, purchase of multiple units. So guess what, folks? That's not going to be hitting hometown anytime soon. Hey, you have to wear this little backpack. This is pretty nice. Do you really have to hit this little backpack too? Scott Hayden over roadtovr.com is the author of this. Um, yeah, I'm not sure that VR gloves are ready for prime time. Squarely in the enterprise uh, sector. Yeah, I agree. Guess we'll have to wait and see what uh, Ready Player One is just not going to be ready for players anytime soon. In our, and this is the writer, in Road to VR's 2018 hands on with the company's device, they called it capable of creating brief moments where you really feel like you're touching something that isn't actually there. And they provide a, an excerpt from Road to VR's Ben Lang describing his experience with uh, haptics gloves. I won't go through the whole thing, but yeah, you're actually strapped to a big backpack. 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 So starting today, Haptics is letting businesses reserve an individual pair of haptics gloves, G1 model, for $5,500 or a bundle of all four sizes for $4,500 per pair, which includes uh, small, medium, large, and extra large gloves. I gotta use little ones. Wait, I gotta use little ones, so it makes it cheaper, right? Or do I have to wear big ones? And thus, I have to spend $9,000 depending on where I am in hometown. You know, if you're watching this, then it makes kind of some sense, but if you're listening to the podcast, I'm waving my hands around back and forth towards the camera. And boy, does that make for some really good podcast material. Guess I'm done for the day. Okay, folks, that's enough of my stream. I will see you tomorrow at 6 p.m. I know it's a really short episode. I didn't really get into any of the articles and, and go on a tirade. I added a little bit of value to each of the articles. Maybe you like it. Maybe you don't. I don't know. But come and talk with me in Omtown over at twitch.tv slash Omtown. Um, if you want to chill, then go and check out twitch.tv slash Waffleton Adventure Company. That is my sand table that runs 24 hours a day and streams some chill music. I might switch it over in the next couple of days to spooky music just so that people can feel like they're being October-ish and Halloween-ish. Right now, I've got some of that spooky music playing in the background. Hopefully, you enjoy it. But I'm done for the day, at least here in Ohmtown. Bye-bye.